Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, a.k.a. Ben Hameen Button, Wakanda's <coughs> favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of these here internets, the Captain Kirk of the spaceship, here on Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. And I am joined by Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, the Stiletto Stunner, Flex Luthor, Lambo Calrissian, and the Black Russian. Nice. And chilling in the third seat. Chico Leo, the Seinfeld Super Scroll. Yes, Yes, Chico. yo. And it's funny, I was just listening to the Black Girl Nerds live event, and that's the last time you dropped that name. Really? I haven't yeah. been there since then? Wow. I don't right. think so, and that's such a great one. The that's Seinfeld right. Super Scroll is in the building tonight in the spaceship on the Voice of the Urban Geek. It's Fan Bros Show. It's popping out here, boy. It has been a great week in Fan Bros. I know all mm-hmm. y'all... Still loving that last episode with Greg Pak. Yeah, man. The outstanding, if outstanding, I do say so myself. Outstanding, and I do say so myself. <laughs> and we've got a huge show ahead of us. Man, it's going to be crazy in here tonight. But, you know, things haven't been so crazy for everyone out there this week. Because yo, it was so funny. Last week, I was sitting at home before we recorded. And I'm like, yo, this, I just felt it in the air. I was like, we got a great guest. You know, it's going to be a big show, but this will be one of those days where something happens the moment we hit stop on the record. <laughs> I just knew it. I was sitting at home. This and always I just happens. Always. So I just knew it. But not, not, you know, some days we catch the news, but this time I knew it. It should be something big drop. So I get home one in the morning. I'm sitting on Twitter, about to go to bed. And then suddenly I see something on Facebook, you know, or someone somewhere says like, I, I think I'd forgotten because it was on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever that night. Uh, okay. I think I forgot. Whatever. Batman, Superman, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the uh-huh. official trailer dropped last week. Yeah. And um, yeah, my feelings are still the same. I don't give a shit. Um, um, ouch. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I listen, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go to fanbros.com right now. Read LOYC's review of that trailer. And I know you guys are like, review of a trailer, but review of a trailer. And I feel I feel the same way. I, I just did not make me excited. In fact, it made me feel even worse about what's to come. Well, I, I, um, I think I might have contributed to that LOYC review a little bit. I'm not one for reviewing trailers. You know me. You can you know follow me on Instagram and you'll see my reaction videos. And you know I've been doing the ones for Star Wars. I did the one for Civil War. I did this one. Mm-hmm. And these are always first take, one take. You know me seeing it, and you know, I bust out laughing. You know what I mean? Like straight I mean, up and down. I was rolling at the, the end of the trailer. There are major concerns that <laughs> we have addressed, and and I'll and I'll address them right now. Just quick point blank. Number one. What happened to everything else that happened in the other trailer? Like, what happened to the whole thing about the idolism and 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 oh, false god and all that? I, I mean, but my thing is, so they did all. They made a big deal about that the first yep. time, and then completely erased it this time. Okay, that's a problem with me too. They show so much of the damn movie that this now trailer that's to a me, problem. they they literally showed the entire. Oh, it, okay, 
Three. Not literally, but yeah. No, literally. Watch. Three. <laughs> I have four of them. Three. Who the fuck is this Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor's son, whatever? I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this depiction, this, this Joker-esque depiction that Eisenberg is doing. I, who the hell is this? Who the, who is he? See, all right, I'm, I'm going to go, all right, you said you had three, I mean four. Four. Oh, the fourth one. That is not motherfucking doomsday. Shut the fuck up about that is a creation of some, you know, General Zod shit. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. Wow. Get the fuck out of here. Hell of, no. Hell of, no. A lot of language in this Hell intro no. right here. <laughs> I didn't even watch the trailer. <laughs> as you can, as you can hear, so I, 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 I was really, I was actually not even, I, I was actually calm and now I'm mad I'm, I'm actually really down with the Wonder Woman stills that I saw on The Twitter. Wonder Woman, that's the only thing yep, that made me that, happy. That was it. I didn't yeah. need to see anything else. No, I like the Wonder Woman introduction, but the lines after about, you know, she with you and I thought she was like, with what you. What the that, fuck is that? Like, she's, she's your, your right. daughter? Like, who are right, you talking right, to? Right, 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 exactly. That had me rolling. Like, I was like, this is so terrible and such a, you know, attempt. I guess to get that Marvel humor. Now I will disagree because I haven't seen it all, but I like Jesse. I like the. I the, don't like the that whole depiction of Lex Light. We've gotten that. We've gotten that. But let's wait and see because we don't know how the whole movie to play out. And I really enjoyed the first scene when it's Luke. I mean, not Luke. Um, Lex. Clark and uh, Bruce standing in the party talking. I like that. A lot of people are just, you know, let's Luther. Wait and see. But, but also, isn't that supposed to be his son or something like that? No, no, or no. Or is think that so. just, just an offshoot of who no, he's supposed to be? It's just, who is that? That's not Lex Luthor. I'm there, sorry, it's not. After you see, that's the, after you've seen, like, everyone thinks of Lex Luthor from, you know, Superman, the animated series, Justice League. Yeah. But there's has been Gene Hatman's. There has but, and been, those are fun. You know what? As 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 so you got to give the dude those, on Smallville. I'm okay with those. Yeah, you got to you got to do it on Smallville. You got to give this I, guy his and chance. And I, I I you listen. Hear me out, though. <laughs> I'm not saying because oh, this is just a different guy playing yeah. it. That's not what my issue is. I just think fundamentally the 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 spirit of what I feel Lex Luthor is. I didn't feel that with Jesse. I was just like, who is this again, Joker esque character? Because this does not feel like Lex Luthor to me. It doesn't. All the others. Varying stages of right or wrong. All the others, I can see it. Not this one so far. Yeah, I'll give it a Gene chance, Hatton but whatever. Is utterly ridiculous. He's I mean, ridiculous. I, lo- I love him, but you know, no, he's ridiculous. Yeah. But I can't. He's I can okay. Take that. It's Otis, Mr. Luthor. Yeah, that, Mr. Luthor. That, that that's oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's it. They're baby. That's just absolutely terrible. But my big problem, like, because a lot of people have been saying that it might not be Doomsday in the trailer. It might be this other character, Wraith, et cetera. It, do- it doesn't effing matter. Like I said today, if it was Jesus H, you know, Jiminy H Cricket coming in, it ain't going to be matter because it just looked like terrible CGI. It looked terrible. His move in, he, lo- he comes in, it's like he's surfing on a wave. Like he's probably like, Cowabunga, he is, ninja, he is a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, so. he, d- he definitely looks like a Ninja <laughs> Turtle. Uh, the trailer in general, just not popping. Was it Gamera? <laughs> it <could've, laughs> that might have helped this movie. But I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not one to judge trailers. You can read Illo, you know, YCs. I laughed out loud. I think it's a bad trailer. I'm still holding out hope for this film. I'm though. still going to see the movie, yeah. okay, I'm you still, guys? I'm not like one of those people like, you know, Illa's like, yo, I'm not seeing yeah, it. Yeah, he's not going to No, I'm still going to see it because I'm going I, I, to to watch it, give it yeah. a chance, but I'm not happy. Most definitely. All right, now, um, I, I don't even know. Do we have time for this? You know, I don't even know if we want to. Do wanna, we really have time for him? Never. I, I mean, but real quick, <laughs> Chico. This week in the N-word. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I don't even want to, you know, give this man much time or any credit, but it's it's getting to the point that it's kind of scary. 
you know, I'll just say it off the bat. Fuck Donald Trump. You know, basically, like Donald Trump is out here now, you know, once again, making claims about how he wants to ban, you know, Muslims from Mm -hmm. entering the country. And shut down the Internet, too. And shut down portions of the Internet. And when people are talking about free speech, they're foolish. So he wants to shut down portions of the Internet, yet he wants to be able to talk and say a bunch of foolishness he wants unguarded, right? He wants to ban, you know, know, Muslims from coming here, but he also has a golf course in Dubai. So you yeah. know, what about what about the six thousand Muslims who are in the army? You know, stationed all over the world. Like, are they not allowed back in the? Or the, the Muslims the that probably work for him at his right. company that right. probably work for all his towers and properties. Yeah. Again, as you said, in Dubai, he has he has buildings and property over there. So what? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's just like you know, I don't even want to give him much credit or much time. Once again, you know, just fuck Donald Trump. Like I said it today Real on talk. Twitter. Like you know, I just feel like if we were having one of those racial drafts, you could trade him to the team that plays for hell. You know. <laughs> Nobody like, want him. Yeah, you know, like nobody well, well, wants him. Well, somebody, some, according somebody, to the poll, there's double-digit leads I, I, or whatever. You know, but I think he's just finally overstepping no. his boundaries. I mean, hopefully America wakes up and realizes that this is, you know, the dude is just out his goddamn mind. But Yeah. I, at first, I, and, I, and I even fought myself for that, thinking like some of the stuff you're saying was just laughable, like, oh, oh he's so silly. But no, this is real talk no, right now. No, like, it's this... real talk. And there's people who agree with him, which is, you know, yeah. the other, you know, scary part of the equation. There's definitely a very big push, you know, for Islamophobia in the media, you know, to be like, oh, my God, you know, these guys are just the worst, you know. I saw this great thing on YouTube real quick where it was like uh, some guys in Amsterdam were going around with the Bible and they disguised it in a Quran. Yeah. And they were reading passages from it and people were like. And it was the Old Testament. Yeah, it was the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. of course, which is, you know, outrageous if you've never read it. It's, you know, it's an action adventure. And um, like, so it's like people don't realize that, you know, Christianity, Islam, you know, religions in religion general in general can all have some really crazy tales and crazy lessons and crazy ideas. So it's like just relax, folks. But, you know, in general, Donald Trump, you know, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. As usual, you're you know. You've overtaken Ben Carson, you know, anybody else. You ben are, Carson is just laughable. You are to the me. king of this. <laughs> this week. guy is scary because he's just ridiculous. It's amazing that a white man can be crown king, but you are the crown <laughs> king of this week in the N word, my brother. So salute to you. You've made it. Although I got to disagree. J.K. Rowling today said that she thought Vol- uh, that Donald Trump is worse than Voldemort. And no. I, I, I don't think Donald Trump is worse than no, Voldemort. No, you said that, but Donald Trump has contributed to the killings of thousands of people. He, he, he I, I'm Look it up. I'm sure Donald Trump owns money in Lockheed Martin. No, I'm sure, but Voldemort yeah. is, 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 is a supervillain. Does Voldemort want to keep villain. out the muggles? Like, Donald Trump is a he... supervillain. Yeah, I Do- don't know. Donald Trump is one scarred face and a suit of armor away from being Doctor Doom. I mean, I feel wow. like Don- Donald Trump. Is, I mean, uh, Voldemort <laughs> is on the like blowing up Alderaan. Donald level. Trump is one is is one fall into a vat from being the Joker. Right. <laughs> you know, like Donald like Donald Trump's one slice of his arms and a and a lava trip from being Darth Vader. All right. Yeah. He, oh, you know. <laughs> you were the chosen one. But we still say his name, and they don't say Voldemort's name. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it's pronounced Voldemort. Oh, is it? I, I never knew that. JK yeah. said that on her Twitter. Nice. All right. All right. French. Well, now, you know, it's time for a segment that I really enjoy because, you know, that one's terrible. But <laughs> geekly asked questions. The guac is extra. Big thanks to everybody who always sends in their questions. You know, we got some advice for you. If you need it, hit us at Fanbros Show on Twitter. Contact at fanbros.com. But today we have a question from Scribe82. Yeah, Scribe82 yep. on Twitter. 
says, which video game storyline hit y'all the hardest? I got to think about this. All right. I thought you'd already have thought about it by now. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chico? So when, when I was younger uh, and I would be playing Donkey Kong, I had always imagined that if I didn't dodge the barrels and actually get to the princess or, you know, whoever you're trying to rescue, <laughs> that in fact she would be ravished by the gorilla. Oh, my God. Oh, and no. so you were racist so you were so, racist so i felt so i felt how is that what are you talking about what are you talking he about said ravaged by yes the, ravaged by the gorilla don't right. you know what the gorilla represents that's not he said he didn't think that as a I, kid. yeah this was me at like eight you know i mean i definitely wasn't reading i just was like oh no if i don't save her then this gorilla is gonna you know Ravish her. Yeah, and so that that, that really affected me. Line. That affected me. Dude, on, I very don't want to go next now. <laughs> I really don't want to go next. Now. Uh, all right. Well, let me you know jump in here real quick and let's see. Uh, I wanted to go into some classic joints, but mm, I think you know it's not that old, not that you know new either. Was Knights of the Old Republic because the Knights of the Old Republic game you could play through as either the good or the bad side or the dark side of the you know force. So I played both and had like a save game going for both of them. But when I got to the end and I'd won as the dark side, I felt so horrible because it's like, you know, the empire takes over the galaxy. They show everyone like going into slavery. Like I think you like everyone you were rolling with gets like shipped <laughs> off onto this ship. It's like the most sight. You know, I mean, because I remember I was like so hyped to get to the end of the dark side, you know, and then I got to the light side end and I was like, yeah, that's dope. You know, good guys yeah, win yeah. everything. Then I was like, ah, nah, but let me do this dark side ending. And I was like, yo, man, that's grimy. That is like, grimy. Grimy. So I think it was that one. I, I had to go with that one. For me, when I said hit the hardest, I just meant, for me, I took it as in a most uh, impactful way when it came to just video games in general. Maybe not necessarily sad, but it's two for me. It's Kingdom Hearts, the mm. first Kingdom Hearts, and Star Fox 64. Mm. Because I'm both, the, I'm that's one of those two properties I have always been obsessed with. And uh, particularly, oh, Kingdom Hearts, because just that whole duality with, Disney and uh, Square Enix, like that whole thing, like really, I don't know, it just really got to me. And 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 I love everything about it, about the storyline, the characters, just it's dope. I once told a lie to my mom to go to the store so I could play. I mean, go to the arcade so I could play a Street Fighter Two Champion Edition. Yeah. The morning it came out, like the morning it <laughs> dropped, yeah. you know. So I, I had to say that hit me the hardest because you know Ken always telling me to go home and be a family man. <laughs> Like, I was like, nah, Ken, I'm not, dog. I'm going to come over to this arcade, and I'm going to whoop your ass. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that one also goes in there. But bid shout, stay inscribed, 82. Do we got time for one more? Uh, sure. Because I got a short answer to this one. Author Crush asked, who do you hope will be cast in Iron Fist? An Asian as Iron Fist. I just say anyone not that's a white man, uh, yeah. author crush. That is like my. Well, you know answer. it's gonna be Neil Patrick Harris. They're saying now. No, no. Where did you hear don't that? Say that. Don't say yeah. that. Don't don't tell no lies. What are you Chico? talking about? He's dope. That's uh, not the point. Don't tell no lies. Oh God. Oh, that would be. Yeah, you, his hand is shaking. Well, look what you did. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean, you gotta, we gotta, you know, look at the glass as half full. Martian Manhunter is black. <laughs> I'm, True. I'm not sure if that's the reference I was looking for. But, my, my problem with uh, Iron Fist is 
that, you know, he's just yet another in the long line of white men who come into a culture and do it better than the indigenous people. Right. You know, he's basically the last samurai, Dances with Wolves, Avatar. No, you know, some of those are not. Uh, Dances with Wolves, he messes everything up for the Indians. Like, that's the whole story. He brings the white government down on them. He's John Smith. They're doing their own thing, and then he, yeah. he so that one, he doesn't even, he's not trying, I mean, you know, he ends up making everything much, much worse for them. Not, not. Uh, well, I mean, in the last samurai, Tom Hanks did still, too. I mean, uh, with right, the, right, right. No, that's true. Yeah, so no, it's, not, it's just the fact that they're there doing it right. better. You know, Avatar, you know, he messes it up for them, too. Right. They do mess it up for them wow. every time, but it's about them coming in and doing it better. Iron Fist, you know, uh, Kun Lun just destroyed after he's there. So. Right. You know, uh, yeah. So, so anyone, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I just don't <laughs> want to see a white dude as that. Yeah. In uh, some Iron Fist news, though, it actually is confirmed because Scott Buck, um, whose credits include Dexter and Six Feet Under, is now confirmed as the those are like the runner. two whitest shows that have ever existed. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't even believe that you, you know, come De- on, Dexter. Jimmy like- Spitz couldn't save that shit. <laughs> oh, Dexter is like white privilege, you know, defined. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> where John Lithgow comes on and wins Emmys, like, yeah, come on. If you think if you think Scott Buck is gonna come in and, and be casting people of color left and right, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for those questions. Uh, also, big shout outs. Happy birthday. Happy born day to IBN Royale. Yes. Happy birthday. Big supporter of Fan Bros shows. He was at New York Comic Con in his listen to Fan Bros shirt. My man. I mean, he's been enough of our events everywhere we are. He's there. Happy born day, sir. We love you out there. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. Hey, what's up, Fan Bros? When you're not listening to the latest episode of Fan Bros, you can always head over to fanbros.com and check out our extensive library of episodes. We've had Juno Diaz, Prodigy from Mob Deep, DMC of Run DMC, and all kind of other people. Go on over to fanbros.com right now and check out that library. It's so many dope episodes. Yo, go crazy listening to them. And welcome back, fan bros. Hope you're enjoying this episode. This episode is about to get so turned up right now, though, because we are welcoming the superstar team behind the hit series Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, as well as many other comics that you need to get acquainted with. Mm-hmm. Rocket Girl. Madam Xanadu. Madam Xanadu. <laughs> well, I mean, all kind of things. We're going to get into all that. But right now, welcome to the spaceship. Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hello. How y'all doing? Myself. I don't know what just happened. (laughs) (laughs) We encourage that. Yeah, definitely. We encourage that. You should always cheer for yourself. You know, makes life better. So, how y'all doing out there? How's it been? You know, we're welcoming you. Thank you for coming to Fan Bros, the voice of the urban geek. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks for having us. Um, I, I can speak for myself. Doing pretty well. (laughs) <laughs> I got. Uh, I'm all right. I'm. I'm doing all right. I suppose. <laughs> no, all. All is very good. No, very happy to have uh, uh, the new book out from Marvel and uh, all our other stuff. So happy to talk about it and glad people are having a good response to it. 
Awesome. So obviously we, we've already named a few, but you both, I mean, you guys have created a lot of characters and they happen to go outside of the norm of what we see mostly in mainstream comics. And, mm-hmm. you know, you guys seem to be proponents of diversity as well. So um, if you can just speak about it a little bit, particularly, especially with Moon Girls, the young black girl. So mm-hmm. can you just talk about how you feel about the diversity issue in comics and, uh, you know, if your personal feelings about about whether it's a major issue? Um, well, I, I would I would say that, yeah, I mean, you know, this is something that we talk about quite a bit, actually. Um, it's like, especially when you're in the business of making new characters mm-hmm. and you're not dealing with one that you've had for a long time, it, it's all, it almost feels like that's what you need to do. You know, we, we need more diversity in characters. So why not like just do it, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, like for instance, rocket girl and, and we don't even actually say this, so I don't even know if it's clear to people too much or anything, but she's half Asian, half white, like, um, and we try to put a lot of diverse characters in there. Um, but yeah, so with Moon Girl, um, no, that that was important to us. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you find, uh, or at least I found when, when I make comics and stuff, that if you have something in a character that represents a, a group of people that aren't normally represented, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's also the good, the right thing to do, but I wouldn't even say like, oh, you know, we're so great because we want to, like, you know, take care of diversity ourselves yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, it's actually like a wise business choice, you know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like people really love that stuff. They they will, they care a lot about it. They have a stake in it, you know? It's like I, I drew Batwoman for a while and I, I very much noticed that, you know, suddenly I had a lot more lesbian fans. Mm. I had a lot more redhead fans. <laughs> I had a lot more twin fans. Um I, I don't know. So I, I think like, you know, it's important to come up with diverse characters and also, um, I don't know, like it's uh it, it kind of makes for more interesting characters if I'm being honest. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Well, especially so they when they don't all look the same. All, all the all the old standbys are all for the most part, like, you know, white males for the most part, but the, yeah. know, the older <laughs> ones. So, yeah, especially like you said, when, when creating new ones. Yeah, yeah, and as someone who's kind of like grown up with superheroes and always read them, Amy kind of came into comics uh, a little bit later and through manga and stuff like that. But you know, I remember working on a short story for the Hulk, and it was, um, you know, he he was fighting another guy, and and I had, you know, just they were having a throwdown in the city, and like, oh well, Hulk has to jump away because he wouldn't endanger people, uh, and it's like, oh, that's not, kind of, and I understand that. But it's also like that's not the Hulk I know. Hulk was cool because he was a little bit different that he couldn't control himself and he might do something unwise once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of drove home the fact that like superheroes are really the same a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, it's like and, and if, if Hulk can't even be that much different, well then what's the difference between Superman and Spider Man and all these other guys? And you know, we as fans and as creators, we make a living out of kind of exploring those differences. But you're right, when you get to everyone's the same. Uh, and they all kind of have the same uh, background and, and, and upbringing and are all kind of white guys uh, who've been, you know, in the comics since either, you know, the only difference is the 60s at Marvel and the 30s in DC. It really does, you run out of things to kind of say, not just with them, but just kind of the stories you can tell, you're so limited. 
And yeah. as as Amy said before, I think it's safe to say it's it's yeah personally it's important for us because it's silly uh, to be a kind of a cutting edge medium that speaks to so many people even if it's through the lens of movies and TV shows and video games and stuff like that and to have such uh, a you know have such a one color universe. But mm. it's 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 good even if you don't want to buy the personal or any kind of political reason like amy said it's 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 good business you know because you i mean comics are really hurting for more readers uh even the even the best comics are you know it's a couple hundred thousand people versus however many billions of dollars uh the new uh, marvel or dc movie is going to bring in it's you know it's, it's like i said it's just good to reach out to that and that's what we can do is put it into characters, but uh, you know, I think we both feel equally as important to have diversity in creators, which is great to be working with Natasha. Mm-hmm. So, so you have a person, you have personal feelings that you know this is necessary. It's more than just a business proposition. Oh yeah, way. yeah. I didn't even mean to put it that way, but it was like I, I just kind of feel like it's silly that it hasn't already been happening Got because it. it's not even like I, I just I don't like uh, that it sounds. I, I don't know, like, I don't like myself seeming like, oh, I'm doing such a favor to people, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's yeah. like, we this should have been going on for a long time <laughs> already, you know what I mean? It's like, um, the fandom's there, you know, I at least in New York, it, I mean... I mean, all over the place. Like the readers yeah. are well, the people who actually read comics and 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 um, you know a lot of this visual medium in, in the first place are completely diverse of all backgrounds, ages, all sorts yeah. of things. So you would think the the art and the writing and all that stuff will reflect their audience more. Well, and the yeah. editors, I feel like, is part of it. You know, the, the the readership is obviously as diverse as you know as humanity, but the people behind the scenes, like making the decisions and stuff. I don't know. I mean that that's pro- that's definitely changed obviously since the 60s and certainly since the 30s. Probably, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's as caught up, you know, uh both just in terms of gender and race yeah. and sexuality and and sort of everything. Um I mean I know it used to be, you know, really an old boys club of people who yeah. knew each other and grew <laughs> up together and would go back and forth between the two the big you know, the, the big two with jobs, you know. Yeah. Well I don't know if yeah. you two grew up together, but you guys known each other for a while, right? Yeah, uh we didn't grow I I'm from Colorado, Brennan's mm-hmm. from New York. So I moved here like five years ago. But we were friends before that because we worked together on Madame Zanadu. He was my editor, so or assistant editor, so yeah. Which I was, I was a big fan of that. Actually, I, I, I really, cool. I, yeah, yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah, and Thanks. and and Amy, like we we've seen before that you've credited Brandon for helping you break into the comics industry, and uh, just could you talk a little bit more? You two just talk about like how your relationship grew and just in terms of working with each other, and what is about each other's talents that you love the most? Okay, uh, yeah, um, well. Brandon, I think, is in a lot of ways responsible for kind of accelerating my accelerating my career into comics. I mean, mm. um, I, he he was working at Tokyo Pop back in the days when um, Tokyo Pop was around, <laughs> and um, and they were doing like this contest where the top ten like you you submit a te- twenty page entry and the top ten are compiled into a book. And so I entered one of those, and and I know that he was really behind my entry and stuff. And from then on, he um, was just really interested in seeing me get work in whatever way he could. Um, so yeah, I did I did like a graphic novel uh, deal over there. And then when he moved over to DC, uh, 
and then into Vertigo, that's when he tried to figure out a way to set up Madame Xanadu. So he's always been, you know, an advocate for my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that that kind of respect obviously makes me react well. I know that a lot of other artists feel the same way about him um, yeah. and have worked with him for that reason. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think Brandon's a really smart writer. I think he does comedy really well. Um, not, you know, just like natural comedy, not mm. like, you know, hard, like Slapstick. this has to be funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, smart comedy. But, but yeah, yeah. But through the years, we just, we really do read each other really well to the point that now we are co-writing something, which is, uh, way more collaborative I, I feel than anything we've ever done as far as just kind of like passing things back and forth and uh, kind of being like, ah, you can do this better and kind of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really true because on Rocket Girl, um, now we're neighbors. Uh, we're, you know, we live 10 minutes away from each other. Um, so we're together uh, working all the time or hanging out. Uh, on Rocket Girl, though, it's still very much I'm the writer and Amy's the artist. Um and as much as I might have uh, input on a certain page layout or as much as Amy might have input on a piece of dialogue and, you know, it's so, for some reason, it's still always completely separate. Uh, co-writing, um, it really it really has been different. You think like by now we'd get used to it. But but Amy almost threw her computer at me today. So, <laughs> oh, why was that? Yeah. What'd you guys do? <laughs> Brandon, I can't believe you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, just, you know, I'm I, maybe I'm not saying that it was all Amy. I, I'm sure I, I at least half deserved it. Um, it's just it's funny because um, you, you we're now doing the same thing and, it, and it's and it's a completely different uh, kettle of fish. But I, but, you know, that's we, th- we throw computers we at each other all most the time. Of the time yeah. You know, I think it's true that we have kind of the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons that, you know, I think I have been able to work. With a, and seriously, a world-class artist like Amy. I mean, as an editor, I'm glad Amy gives me credit. But your, you know, your job is to bring talent in, mm. and you can uh, do that in two ways. You can get somebody that somebody else discovered and try to steal them and put them on your book, or you can bring in uh, new talent. So, as much as any chance I've given Amy, that's my job is to give her a chance, and her job is to is to make me look good for for giving her that chance. And she certainly has. I mean, I, I, I say it all the time. Amy's a, a world-class artist. Um, but as far as writing, I, I a lot of writers say this, but they don't always do it. Uh, you try to, if you're a good writer, you try to set the artist up to succeed. You have to mm. say the art's going to come first. And I'm mm. going to make sure that the artist is going to have cool stuff to do and that they want to do and that they feel like they're in the driver's seat. So I, I don't want to speak for Amy, but I think it's safe to say that that's kind of our approach. So anytime we might throw computers at each other, uh, the 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 <laughs> end of the day, it's kind of all like, well, you know, it, this is almost like this is Natasha's book, you know, mm. uh, at least from a production standpoint. And yeah, I think definitely. I think as she as people get used to her stuff and see a couple of issues, um, mm. they're going to start feeling that way too. Uh, we can kind of we can kind of agree on that, you know. Uh, I I saw something that you tweeted earlier about how if you're not writing and bringing the best out or like making your artist stretch, you know, what you wrote, then you're not doing your job as an as an author. Yeah, because there's been a bit of that on Twitter. And that's uh, like I said, you know, so I posted a couple of things, but that was definitely one of them where I think it's like, you know, if 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 
if you're you know because there's been a um a debate back and forth who's more important artists or or uh yeah i've seen that uh, writers Again? well i mean oh, no. it's, it's it's, this is it's why I stay com- offline. <laughs> and it's, it still comes up because writers get so much more credit. And part of that is just the, the practicality of making books. A writer, if they're prolific, can script four books a month. An artist, if they're prolific, they're lucky to get one book a month these days with a level of detail that's kind of expected of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what I was saying, it's true. It's like, you know, it's not only – you're not only as an artist that you hope you get put in with a good writer. When you approach a script – you should be saying, I am going to be part of a book where the artist is more important than I am. And if you're not, if you don't have that philosophy going into the script, you're going to have a terrible end product. I think, I don't, I don't know. Amy, you agree? Is that a wise thing to say? Well, it's at least the case for me, but I would, yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> I mean, to help you, I would agree because I personally, like, I'm, I'm, I've always known all about comic book characters and everything, but from the animation standpoint. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, including just, just art and, and anything that was actually, like, on TV or anything like that. So, for me, like, I didn't even have the backstory of, of Moon Girl and had no idea what the book is about, but the cover art alone. And, mm-hmm. you know, many other people here in this room can attest to that. That alone made us buy it. And so I completely agree with what you guys said. Like that that is important because a lot of times I would say maybe even 50 percent of the time you have people who are drawn in solely from the art style first and then they're, and they're get intrigued. And then as long as the the writing is also just as appealing, then you'll have a reader. So wait, yeah. just, just related to, to what she was just saying. Um, and getting back a little to representation, g- given given the popularity of like Jurassic Park and Godzilla, why are mm-hmm. dinosaurs so underrepresented in comics as main characters? <laughs> like there used to be a lot more monster books and things like that. And it seems like, I mean, before this iteration of Devil Dinosaur, like when was the last time not only that a dinosaur was even on the cover, but let alone like the starring, a starring character in a comic? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, if you, if you if you obsess over people talking about your books, and truthfully, it's it's so overwhelmingly positive, uh, Devil Dinosaur. But you do get some people like, oh, you know, this is like that other book, or this is like something else, and they then they want to rattle off fifty other dinosaur books that, quite frankly, just, <laughs> just didn't that, quite frankly, just didn't make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they didn't. They didn't they didn't uh, grab the attention, um, you know. I mean, I remember uh, like 20 years ago, Dark Horse did Age of Reptiles, which was like a mm-hmm. totally silent, uh, you know, thing about, you know, about a family of dinosaurs or a tribe of dinosaurs, a pack. <laughs> but, yeah, you don't see them as much in comics, and you should. So, <laughs> I mean, thank you for at least bringing back, uh, you know, not just a well-known character, but, you know, I, I, I'm psyched to see dinosaurs having returned to comics. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and you have so many misfires. Maybe there's uh, the quality's not there in the book, or maybe just the publicity and the timing wasn't right. But I mean, you just said it. Uh, you know, Jurassic Park comes back and and does all those yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, and certainly nobody cared about Jurassic Park two and three. I don't want to say that, but I mean, you know, no, you're right. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, it was a, certainly was a diminishing franchise. Yeah. And you could bring back Terminator in the same summer, and it'd be a total flop. Right. Uh, it's it's you know you you like to think as a creator that the quality and the execution counts for something. You know. Definitely. Not, not and not to you know not to get anybody who works on a dinosaur book mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur even hit the stands, you know the like the press was incredible. You had so much fan art. There was just such an immediate reaction yeah. to Lunella. Am I saying that right, Lafayette? 
Um, like Mm -hmm. that was just like the love and just like joy pretty much on the internet was just incredible. Like how did that feel, you know, to get all that love before an issue was even out? That was amazing. I can't believe how quickly people turned out fan art. That was insane. (laughs) Immediately. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it felt really, really good, actually. I mean, I think that when we uh, approached this, we even kind of almost purposefully wanted to be a little under the radar uh, mm. because that tends to be uh, when you can be most creatively free. <laughs> mm. um, but but no, I mean, you know, it was it was actually really nice to see people react so well to it. But I think part of us, part of us kind of knew that that would be the case. I mean, we kind of had these experiences before coming up with new characters. Um, we did a book, uh, Halloween Eve, mm-hmm. um, like before we did Rocket Girl for Image, it was like this uh, one-shot Halloween book. Um, and I, I think we got a lot of good reactions from that, even though it was just a one-shot and it was just you know our own character, not a Marvel book or anything like that. Um, and that was something that we noticed, uh, like the character on that was the main character was black and I, yeah, I mean, it's like the fandom is super duper there, you know what I mean? And, and so I think that it was kind of something that was always in the back of our head as like, you know, there should be a regular character that we make that, that people can get behind and yeah, I don't know. Well, so, well, I sp- well, especially for a younger reader too, which you know doesn't exist in Marvel. True. <laughs> and, and the and and the cool thing about working on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and I'm sure you know, you know, if I say it's the first time ever, someone will come up with twenty uh, examples to prove me wrong. So, I, so, mm-hmm. but it's it's unusual to have a book that's kid friendly. And Marvel, for like marketing reasons, at this point doesn't really want to label it all ages, which is a like a whole complicated thing, and it's totally fine. Uh, but but the important thing is it, it is a Marvel book. It is taking place in the same Marvel universe as the current issue of Hulk and X-Men and Sp- Spider-Man and everything else. Yeah. Um, but at that same time, it's something you definitely can give to a younger reader. And just to keep us interested, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody, you know, of any age, literally an older reader, too. Um Marvel has done kind of stuff for kids before, but it's usually often its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is going to be in the Marvel universe with a new character, and people, you know, always say, "Hey, how come? How come you can't come up with uh, anything new?" Um, <laughs> plus, a return of dinosaurs. Plus, for kids. Plus, a, a, a diverse lead. Mar and and then again, hopefully, it all felt right with the creative mix on it. Marvel, to their credit, also felt that hey i think we have something here that might break very big so yeah. they were they were prepared when there was good buzz to really maximize that cuz i remember they announced that amy and i were sitting um we're having breakfast yeah that's true um, yeah, down in uh, <laughs> down in soho right and uh, it just like it's like a tv show like the the twitter on your phone just start like started like both of our phones started beeping and clicking and everything else <laughs> all the the reposts and stuff so that's 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 amazing. How has it been since the issues hit the stands now that people have actually read it? Because I I picked it up last week and I have to say, you know, I wasn't I didn't know what to expect. I was hoping that it lived up to the hype and it really yeah. did. You know, oh, I, good. Yeah, good. no, I really loved it. The art uh Natasha is like it's I think like you said, once people get used to her and see more and more of her, she's to become a star in her own right. And I just really I so. enjoyed, you know, just the issue and just the feeling that seeing 
I mean, like Chico said, the representation of dinosaurs is there, so that's good. <laughs> but, but, you and know, little girls. Yes, but seeing a little brown girl just really, you know, did something for me. And seeing it on the stands, good. seeing other yeah. people pick it up, it was just, it was really nice. So how's it oh, been for I'm you? Glad. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, it's 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 nice to hear. I'm glad that it's been good for people. Uh, we got we got a pretty good reaction about it. Um, it was on a holiday weekend. So I feel like it was kind of divided a little bit between the week that it came out and the week afterwards. Mm. Um, but no, people seem pretty excited about it. And um, we have we have some really great editors we're working with. Um, our assistant editor, Emily Shaw, uh, helped us a lot on this book and really, I think, uh, has helped kind of make it even more solid than I thought it could ever be, you know? So... Um, so yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that continuously people are going to see a lot of quality from it. I know that like um, at least from my own experience being a woman and uh, you know wanting more female characters and having all these thoughts about what I want to see and stuff. Um, it just uh, yeah, you know, you you kind of think about what people wish that they could see. You kind of have to realize that um, sometimes comics should be something that you wish that you could. Being, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and it should be fun, and it should be—I don't know. So, um, so no, it's been cool to see what people have to say about it. Um, I, I just—I can't wait for them to read the next stuff. So, how far, how awesome. far ahead are you guys in the plotting? What issue were you guys working on when you were throwing computers at each other? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, I can't believe you said that. I didn't throw a computer at him. I said uh, almost. Just, just a tablet. A no. Okay, I an just, iPad. I took my computer. Okay. This, this sounds so bad, but uh, but it was a bad day. I actually, water <laughs> I actually, I actually watered it down, so I don't know why you're going here. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I threw it at my bed, which was right next on me, mm. below me, and I was just like, da. But anyway. Oh. Um. So, uh, no, it, we're working on issue four. It's, uh, uh, I mean, you know, so it's not like, we're, we're never like extremely far ahead, but that's kind of how it works with Marvel, I've noticed. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you just get it out on a monthly schedule and, you know, it's yeah, the monthly yeah. grind. But, so but yeah, so we're on, we're on issue four, which is actually the perfect issue to have a fight uh, because uh, it's, uh, we have a guest in the show in the in the show in the series um yeah the hulk is gonna be there and Ooh, there's nice. like an ultimate face off between him and double dinosaur nice that makes so, so much sense <laughs> yeah i so, love it you know, i guess i was the hulk in the situation right yeah that's it yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah and natasha's finishing up uh, issue three and natasha's super fast so uh, that's good that she keeps us on our toes um but yeah just going back to the reaction's been great and 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 working on the books and the first arc's going to be six issues so you know we know we have that kind of scoped out pretty tight as what we want to do also uh and the way we do it we turn in a plot and then we're going to do the script and then we're going to do the script again and again and again so it's you know you're, we're, you're kind of working on everything all the time um at least in the first six issues but one thing that like you know makes you even uh, more proud of um the good response is that this really is our vision and by our i mean you know including natasha including the editors and uh you know now the colorist uh uh uh, 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 uh tamara bonvillain um it's been 
It's not something that they said, okay, here, do Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and do it this way and that way and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, we were approached, hey, what can we work on? Uh, it was a it was a pretty short conversation, but it could have been a longer one. I mean, when we kind of mm-hmm. thought of Devil Dinosaur or something that we all wanted to do. Uh, but that's Jack Kirby's book, even if it's his least known book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one said make it like Jack. No one said make it like it is what it became. That was completely our vision uh, collectively. Um, so there was, yeah, there was no, you know, nobody told us to give her glasses, no one, you know, or, or braid in her hair or to make devil dinosaurs eyes light up. I mean, every little thing, uh, came from us, including the character of Lunella Lafayette, uh, you know, cause even, even the, if you read the first issue, you get a little bit of the pre-existing moon boy, which is a totally different type of character trying to do a different thing. Um, so, yeah, just to be able to say, um, you know, we kind of did this and people could have hated it or shoehorned it in um, or they might love it because it was this kind of corporate idea. It's not. It was it was it was very much a, a team working together to do exactly what we wanted to do. And then people digging it is uh, very satisfying. Very genuine. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you. We're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more Fanbro show. Internets, this is Premium Pete, and you are listening to the Fan Bros Show. I fuck with them. I mean, listen, I love to hear about all the geek stuff, all the comic books, the movies, the 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 gobstoppers, everything. Okay, I really fuck with it. And if you don't fuck with it, then there's something wrong with you. Internets, the Fan Bros Show. Cheer. Welcome back, Fan Bro, to this fantastic episode of Fan Bro Show. As you know, we have the great Amy Reader and the fantastic Brandon Montclair here, writers of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And again, thank you guys so much for, for talking with us today. Um, we're really excited about the book. We've been talking so much about it. And one of the things that, obviously, for me, as I'm, I'm a, a, a young black woman, very, very pleased to see that the lead was indeed a young black girl. And I think it's just incredible because, of course, you have younger readers and you mentioned how the book can be uh, read by young children. So it's important that you see that representation. Now, I I think it's obvious that you have to be mindful when you're writing the book that this is a young African-American young lady. And with all the different prejudices and and reactions and races and all sorts of stuff out there, you kind of have to really watch how you're. I guess, representing this young girl. Um, yeah. While it may be obvious at the same time, do you feel that, I guess, when you're writing and even when you're you're illustrating her, do you feel that um, it's you have to be super careful about, like, how do you depict her? Or do you depict her with, or as you're doing the creative process, do you depict her with kind of no consideration for race? And by that I mean, do you depict her more so as... Um, you know, she's just a young girl that happens to be with this dinosaur. Like, how do you how do you mm-hmm. equate those two things? How do you do that? Um, I I think uh, yeah, you know, there is a there is a fine mix. Um, I I think it's important uh, not to really ignore the, her race at all. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, conveniently, like I I work in the Lower East Side, uh, which is kind of a pretty diverse neighborhood and stuff like that and I find it really inspiring and so um, 
uh, that's kind of where I wanted Lunilla to grow up. Um, so even in the school she goes to, it's very diverse. Um, so there's there's situations like that. I think um, I think as far as addressing race, um, like as problems, it's it's more of a peripheral thing in mm. this story specifically. I think it kind of depends on the story, but um, I also kind of as as a white creator feel a little less qualified. Um, to make stories about um, black characters that explain their experience um, with racism. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's Which kinda, is smart. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you always try your best. To, you, you know, like, I think it's always a learning experience. But, um, but yeah, so it's one of those things where, um, you know, you kind of have to find the right balance. And um, the, the best thing that at least I personally can learn from is just my own experiences as a female. Um, not that they all, you know, line up that way or anything, but I know that I, as a female, uh, want to see characters, uh, that are female in comics that are just like ultra, that, that they're just specific characters, I guess. That's kind of what I wish that I could see in comics. It's not that the characters have to be strong or, um, anything like that. I just want them to be complicated and in being complicated, I think that that makes them more identifiable. I think it kind of strays, it strays away from stereotypes automatically. Yeah. Um, you have a more well-developed character. I mean, people, yeah, yeah people, yeah. people gravitate towards that. I gravitate towards that a lot. So I, I never want to see a cookie cutter, especially when it's a woman. Um, and then add on being a woman of color. Like I never want to see like a kind of, you know, a cutout of what I, what someone uh, thinks that this person should behave. Like I think, as you say, something that's more complex and really just diving into this this character as a human. I think that's lovely. Thanks. Yeah. So I I don't know. That's kind of been our approach. I would say, like I like I said, you know, I wish I I'm sure that there's like, you know, I want to be as informed as possible. I'm sure I don't know everything about it. Um. But so yeah, we just try and have it kind of be a peripheral thing. Um. And also just yeah, kind it's, of it's, it's, her, like she she's a she's kind of like a kid genius. But nobody seems to notice. And I think that is kind of a behind the scenes situation of just like, you know, this kid who's got a lot of talent, she's not being noticed. It's probably got something to do with her race. You know mm. what I mean? So I don't know. Sorry, Brandon. What were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that it's 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 peripheral to the plot. It's not the stories that we're going to tell. And Amy, and Amy yeah. said this before, and I agree. Um, you know, you she's i yeah you know, i said you know who am i who am i to make this uh, conclusion but i think anybody is a product of, of their kind of their culture and their experience and it's always going to inform the character mm -hmm. um the story of of lunella dealing directly with racism i don't think is a story amy and i really want to tell and and perhaps shouldn't tell you know yeah um stories yeah. about a character that is whose life is by necessity informed by that um but how that character deals with a dinosaur uh popping into the uh, from the past into the future is kind of is is the speed that we operate on yeah and again you just want to have yeah you want to have honest uh sounding characters and acting characters and looking characters um and you know it's and and keep yourself interested creatively it's a very diverse team that works on this book so uh you know you know she, uh Ms. Lunella was uh you know uh more than two genders and several races it, it's not it's gonna you know someone's gonna have to to sacrifice something 
but that's not but that's not our agenda you know what i mean uh it's mm -hmm. uh, the agenda is just to kind of say hey this is a character uh yeah we created her and yeah we, you know she does what we do but it's something that you kind of we you want the reader to get to know and you have to be the ref, based it on things that you know and things that you've experienced right you gotta be uh, honest you gotta be honest observed. yeah no, definitely. And like, I think what you said is also the best part of it is that it's more about just creating characters who are intelligent, who are diverse, who, you know, represent different things than you've seen. And then, it, you know, it becomes natural to how like just her being a little brown, intelligent girl is something mm -hmm. we don't see in comic books. So that alone is going to tell stories of race just by, like you said, her being ignored and such. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also, like, in my head, um, I want it to be something that, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I want it to be something that young black girls can uh, see and see themselves in it. And I also want it to be kind of like some sort of fantasy, you know, that that they're living through. Like, like to have this, to have, like, this fun inventory situation, yeah. you know what I mean? Like... So, so yeah, it's a funny mix. It's like you want to reflect reality. You also want to have, like, this world. Um, because that's something that, you know, I know that I've been able to enjoy probably a lot more is seeing characters like myself and getting to see them do all sorts of things and uh, having that be empowering. So, um, yeah, I don't know. No, I think Thoughts that's great. Race. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's great because it's like you don't have to have a character you know, wake up every day and be like, oh, I'm black, you know, and I, I got I to gotta deal with being black today, yeah, and, you know. I mean, and yeah, I'm black, but I don't want to read that either. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I didn't really read this to get depressed. So yeah, <laughs> like, 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 oh, <laughs> you know, everything's a struggle. But yeah, I, I prefer that. And, and what you said about fantasy, both from a literal and figurative standpoint, there's very, to me, there's very little people of color, particularly black women and black men represented in fantasy stories. Yeah. So <laughs> kudos for, to you guys for that, for sure. Definitely. And like I said, I read issue one and I was talking about this last week on the show, but it really just felt great going into, you know, the store. I was in Midtown Comics and, you know, seeing like, you know, that on the shelves. And then there's Paper Girls, there's Chew, you know, there's a totally awesome Hulk. There's just mm -hmm. all these different books featuring, you know, diverse characters these days. And it was yeah. just like, I just had a moment when I was standing there looking at the stands like, wow. Like a refreshing was, moment. Right yeah, now. like <laughs> this wasn't even here like three, four years ago, I can say. Like there, this was yeah. not here. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, the question is like how, you know, is it, I mean, obviously it's better, but how do you feel about the climate right now? Yeah, it, it's, I think it's great and, and have those identical moments, but I, I even had them, the first time I kind of registered that uh, was at like conventions maybe three or four years ago also. Mm. And it was so much uh, of the fans that you met, uh, so many female fans, to, to the point that I legitimately think probably half the people going to cons now uh, are, are female fans. And it was just like, yeah, it was it was so um, stodgy and, and, and the same yeah. for so long. It's like you really do need a breath of fresh air because it makes you kind of feel – you know, as as a as a white male now forty, it's like it makes it makes me feel old, and and you know, I mean, and, and that there's nothing. Yeah, there's like you know, it, it, and I, I don't get anxious about these things. So it's yeah, it's just like wow, isn't this great that there's so much uh, being unlocked right now, and it's going to appeal to more fans. It's going to have literally just not just diverse creators, but more creators now who have access to this stuff, different kinds of voices to make comics so much better and. 
in a way, it's like, you know, comics are always, you know, we're cutting edge and making all these things that dominate uh, TV and, and movies and video games. But comics themselves, it's like so slow to change. It's like, you know, I, I teach a class uh, to a bunch of video game uh, students, but it's about comics. It's just like, hey, you know, uh, oh, cool. you, you guys want to be video game programmers, but learn something about comics and take from it what you will type of situation. And, and it's like, you know, and they're, and they're all people who grew up on uh Teen Titans Go and Batman Beyond and are watching the, um, you know, Gotham and Flash and everything in its prime right now. And it's, yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's a completely different world that's not the, I, I never, like I said, I never identified as a nerd, but not that kind of like the, the crazy comic store. It's not comic book guy. Who is, a, who is a very particular type yeah. and had a very particular attitude. It's like, wow, it's like, you know, oh, this, I'm so thankful that it's, you know, being opened up uh, because it's, like I said, it, it, it was kind of, has been creatively stifling. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not like we should be reluctantly seeking diversity. It's so important for the vitality of the medium. Um, and people didn't believe that. Uh, in positions of power for a very long time. The difference is now they're starting to believe it. A book like uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur launches uh, with good numbers because Ms. Marvel is a runaway hit, because half of the uh, convention audience is, is female. It's it's really like I said, it's like they're finally, it's not, they're not doing a favor by making things diverse. They're realizing that this is the way to make comics better. So don't I'm discount the dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But oh, your infatuation Don't with forget this. about the dinosaurs. <laughs> but on the same token, though, there's also like I know you. I mean, you're in the industry, so I'm sure you heard about Mark Miller, and when he wrote this thing recently about how comics, you know, need to get back to the good old days. There's been a few other comments come out recently of the same token, where it's like people want to push back to a time that wasn't as diverse and act like you know oh these are the best days this is what we need so why why is it that you know the industry attracts this type of mentality well i don't know if it's the whole industry i i don't know on. you know i don't really have a straight answer for that but but something that um that i've observed talking to people uh who are kind of in the have been in the biz for a really really long time you know at conventions and stuff you start to hear the craziest stories I mean, like the industry just used to be so nasty. Like, I mean, like, like, yeah, it was an all boys club. It there was a lot of bullying going on. There was like real drama instead of like you know people complaining online and stuff like that and <laughs> and getting into little tiffs. Like there was real stuff going on. Um, so I don't know. I I really I think that it's just kind of this crazy tradition of of some bad habits in business that that have really for some reason really hard to break but um you know i i kind of blame it on in a good way i kind of blame all of this like change in comics and everything on um just the fact that there haven't been very good sales and the only way to kind of resuscitate you know the industry is to have new readers in it, you know, is to have women readers, is to have people of color read comics. Like, that's the only growing part of comics right now. You know what I mean? So they kind of have to, like, please all of us. Um, 
And yet, you but, know, all yeah. these millions of people go and see Batman movies and Avengers movies, and yet you would think yeah. when they come out of the theater, shouldn't there be comics for sale there to all those people who who've seen those, you know, who know the characters? Yeah, like they, they don't it. understand your your brilliance. They don't. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no, no. But I mean, it's like it's we certainly as as publishers and creators, and uh, you can't break your arm patting yourself on the back. When so many people are looking at it in different uh, media, but not buying the comics. But yeah. you know, that being said, Amy is is right that the, the growth areas and the books that are doing well and the books that are exciting, even if it's just a, a younger market, are 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 the stuff that's newer and different. You know, so. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's people in um in comics that are you know bitching about how things you know used to be better, but I I didn't read the um. I didn't really read the Mark Millar one, so I don't, I can't really speak to that. But you know, I, I think like there's some, there's some weirdness in the industry. Like I, I think that you know because of Twitter and Facebook and, you know, the instant feedback. Um, what, what can happen sometimes is like, uh, things can get harder in the industry, like trying to get work and stuff like that for some, for some people that don't really, you know subscribe to that sort of thing and they get themselves in trouble um so that's gotta suck because you know they lived their whole life getting away with whatever they wanted and they were big stars and now suddenly you know from their viewpoint i guess all they see is like all these other people rising up and them not being able to do what they want uh because of censorship by by publishers on the other hand like i've had I I I think that publishers also they they can be a bit cautious about um, causing a stir, and sometimes that actually lessens the amount of diverse uh, representation because they're just afraid to even go there. So I don't know. It's kind of like a really weird, constantly changing industry right now. Um, and unless you're one of the people who's benefiting from it, um, you know, it can make you feel uncomfortable. And I think sometimes people just getting, you know just having their fandom not as big as it used to be, it's easy to blame it on the one thing that's changing. So I don't know. I don't even really know, but that's my like unopinioned opinion. What, what, Amy say, what, what, Amy, what, Amy, what Amy's saying is that there are plenty of dinosaurs in comics. Except they're just not, they're not lizards running around uh, on the pages. They're the people behind the oh, scenes. Oh, wow. wow. Oh. Good one. Well, like John Lennon would say, you know, time wounds all heals. So. So I get uh, a question for uh, Brandon. You were the editor on All-Star Superman and All-Star Batman. And um, so those are two sort of iconic stories, but for very different reasons. And it's interesting because you were talking um, earlier about, you know, how, uh, you know, people, the artist doesn't necessarily get the credit uh, and, and, and the, you know, the writer gets a lot more credit. And um, I don't know, I, I feel like All-Star Superman is something that definitely is associated very much with the writer, which was Grant Morrison. And... Um, all-Star Batman, I don't know, I think most people like to think of Jim Lee's art, and I'm not sort of criticizing, but you're, you're, you're edi editing or something you edited, but most people like to think of Jim Lee's art and not necessarily Frank Miller's writing on, uh, on, on, on All-Star Batman. Um, I don't know, can you talk a little bit about those, those two projects? Because they were so big, so, so sort of seminal. Yeah, it's not going to be the sexiest of stories because when you edit a project with creators that are that big, 
you do very little editing. Yeah, it's just you know mostly I mean? trafficking. Yeah, it's basically mostly trafficking. It's it's sometimes you know some people need to be talked to, or stroked, but you know none of those books really came out on time. Uh, also, so there so even like you say, oh, you know, try to get them to get it going. Uh, you know, Jim Lee was an executive, even even though he wasn't the co-publisher, he was still an executive in charge of Wildstorm and other things too. So in a sense, uh, you know, your boss. So what are you gonna do? Yell at him because the pages aren't there? Um, that you know. That being said, uh, as the lowest man on the totem pole on that book, Jim was always very generous with me. Uh, um, so so yeah, editing both of those books that that they came out in very different flavors. Uh, it's kind of what I was talking to you about before. Like that's exactly as as the creative teams wanted them to come out. And there's always going to be exceptions, but it's funny because I guess I don't want to pick favorites, but I mean, you know, I I am mesmerized by Frank Whiteley's art on on all sorts. Absolutely, yes. I didn't want to. I didn't. Yeah, yeah no. I, and uh, yeah, oh I Lord. still read that book, and I and I and I and I am amazed at the stuff that uh, that uh, Frank Whiteley put into it. Um, I am, and this is the 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 honest truth. It's I mean, you can say I'm biased. I loved All Star Batman, but I also uh, to have the very controversial belief that Dark Knight Strikes Again is actually better than Dark Knight Returns. So wow, <laughs> so, is that Dark Knight? So, too? so maybe wow. I said if if you know I have I have I have strange uh, tastes. No, when but, maybe it comes to Frank Miller's stuff. I've never uh, read the the second Dark Knight, so I can't I you know did. say whether or not I liked it or not. But I yeah. love all. I mean, All Star Superman is to me just. <laughs> Like when I found out you edited it, I just wanted to thank you, you know, for whatever you know work you had in it because it's just one of my favorite books. But yeah, well, I'll t I'll tell you the extent of all of the editorial uh, input that you would have seen. Everything else was about getting people paid and getting the books on time and <laughs> making sure marketing had copies and making sure that it was at the printer in the right way. The only thing that wound up on the pages was uh, you remember like uh, it was it was Clark Kent was gone for the entire Bizarro World. Um, uh, adventure that he had mm -hmm. so he returns to earth um and that, Cl that clark kent we thought you were dead and he says something like uh luckily i had um the, you know i was i was trapped in a closet with thanksgiving uh, food or when something intact. yeah but and i had exactly i had the complete works of shakespeare in, a, in three thanksgiving baskets or yeah. something like that <laughs> Um, literally that the, the only input that we had is that line was originally like Christmas hampers and I had no idea what the hell that was and I had to look it up and I guess whatever you call like those gift baskets in England would be called or Scotland I suppose would be called a Christmas hamper so I think that might be the only edit that we actually gave in that book. Uh, and that's and that people are like oh that's funny it's, it's true I mean that book was Grant uh, and Vin knowing what they're doing with Jamie Grant on colors um, and it was, yeah, you, I mean, you get out of their way, you know, and a lot of it was, uh, there was a lot of challenges actually on that book to edit it, but it was all behind the scenes stuff that, uh, you know, nobody would find interesting anyway, but are nonetheless going to still be left behind the scenes. Um, and <laughs> Batman and Batman was, a, it was a ride. It was a romp. Um, uh, I liked it. Uh, I, I loved working on it. It was so fun and funny. I thought. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, people expected, uh, maybe something else. Um, no, I, I absolutely love that book as well. Like I, it's not, you know, in the same league yeah. as Superman to me, but I think all-star Batman is just absolutely hilarious. And then 
I mean, it's all—it's one of those like it's so terrible, it's good. It, it but it, I you yeah, know, I I, I can like, read those issues. They make know. me laugh. At least I, I might be overdoing it. I I actually feel like that there's like a Norma Desmond Sunset Boulevard element to Frank Miller's work <laughs> at this point. Like it's a train wreck that we continually enjoy watching. But that's that's well, where I, I. But I I don't know. A lot of people might not feel that way. Um, you know, especially for maybe. Well, listen, people, I mean, it sold it sold it sold a lot of copies. No, yeah. no, I know, I know. So, yeah, and it was the book that uh, Jim and Frank wanted to put out. It wasn't the book that uh, DC did or I's editor really had any anything to do with. Um, right. You know, I, I have more to do with a book like Madame Xanadu, not because I was telling Matt Wagner what to plot or Amy what to draw, but that it was an effort to get Amy on that book. You know what I mean? And she certainly delivered, and so it's not an issue. But um, it was, you know, the, except that, you know, that and... Again, I mean, Amy, I don't remember giving it. I mean, I guess I would go over breakdowns and stuff with Amy, but uh, it's not like I was telling her what to draw or, or anything of that ilk. But it's more the lesser known stuff that you do more work on, if that makes any sense. It does. No, it definitely does. No, it definitely does. does. Definitely does. Well, thank you both for joining us for the interview. You survived the interview segment. Yay! <laughs> and we now have the rap segment, our rapid fire questions. Oh, nice. Are y'all ready? Yes. Nice. Glad you're excited. Yeah. So, you, so, I, so I guess you're ready. All right. Yep. Get right to it. The Falcon or War Machine? Oh, I gonna... don't know what War Machine is. Nah. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not ready for this. I guess the Falcon. There we go. Hmm. Yeah, that's really tough, actually. Um, I know it's a lightning round, so I'll, I'll uh, uh, you know, you know, I've, I've enjoyed more War Machine stories than Falcon stories, so War Machine I'll go with. Uh, I think he has more stories than Falcon yes. stories. So, yeah. Well, I, I had I felt the, I felt the need the like I said to to to, to move fast. So oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know you can elucidate a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Definitely Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Wire or or Breaking Bad? The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh. I've never seen The Wire actually. So. Oh wow. Uh, you know why? Because I, I I don't have HBO or TV, so I got to watch Breaking ah. Bad on Netflix. Uh, I haven't seen either. Uh... <laughs> I, I think The Wire might be on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure. All right. What's... So I guess we're gonna go uh, with Breaking you know, Bad. Like said... <laughs> All right. That that, that yeah. That'll work. Go. Magneto or Professor X? Oh. Professor X, Magneto's such a, I don't know, he's always whining, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> if, I like you know, Magneto. Magneto has a much more interesting worldview, but I don't know. He's he's always, you know, he's just been, he's been overplayed too many times. Mm, all right. <laughs> Amy, you said Magneto? Yeah, I think Magneto. I just think his powers are cooler, you know, like, like they were actually kind of original and stuff and mm. could actually be used in a lot of different ways. So I like him more. Plus, he's a villain. Villains are kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Luthor or Dr. Doom? Yeah, I changed my answer. I say Magneto, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amy, talk I mean, to it. He's, he's, he's a much better character, much more interesting. But like I said, yeah, I said he's a, when I was a kid, I didn't like Magneto. So I didn't like Professor X either, I suppose. So I don't know what made me. Uh, oh, wow. You didn't, you didn't like Magneto back in like the Claremont, the, like when he became no, a hero? I don't the, know why. Yeah, because that's when they were giving him all his great stuff to do yeah and i just like i said for whatever reason i think i was just contrary and said oh magneto forget you know it's boring <laughs> <laughs> so. all right luthor or dr doom 
Luth- Wait, which Thor? Lu- Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Luthor. Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Uh, Lex Luthor. Okay. No, it's got to be Doctor Doom. Hmm. Even though uh, there's been some really good uh, Lex Luthors uh, in different media all the time. Doctor Doom's design is too cool. So. Doctor Strange or Madame Xanadu? Madam Xanadu. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm a big Doctor Strange is like one of my favorite characters, so Doctor Strange. Are you psyched oh. for the movie? Uh, yeah, I am. It's like it's funny because it's like if I ever could do a character at Marvel, like you say, oh, pick any character you want. It wouldn't be Spider Man. It wouldn't be a big thing. It would be Doctor Strange, and and it always would have been. Um, but as soon as that ru- movie was even rumored. I like oh I know I'll never do it because it's going to go to some one of their bigger guns and guys who are more because they're going to want to launch it big and the new series is really actually great but uh, yeah it's like I'm a little bit sad because if that movie never came out and Doctor Strange was just kind of floating around <laughs> as a nobody I'd have a better chance of I'd have a better chance of somebody letting me uh, write him so fingers crossed for the Doctor Druid uh, miniseries nice oh god oh I cannot stand Druid. All right. Oh. <laughs> well, that's that's the beauty of the character. You don't make him buff. You keep him bald. You keep him with the pot belly. I know. Very uh, officious and annoying, and that's oh, a great character. He's such you know a bastard. I mean? Yeah, you keep him a bastard. Because <laughs> if you make him Doctor Strange, just not Doctor Strange, what's the point? You know what I mean? Just don't let Frank Miller write him. <laughs> it's Superman or <laughs> Batman? Uh, I'm going to be going with Superman. That's what I'm going to go with. Batman, <laughs> on everything. So yeah, Batman's the uh, Batman's the guy. I'm just trying to be cool and different. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, Michael Myers, Freddy, or Jason? Oh, that's good. Well, you know. Wait, who's you? I'll, I'll, the only Michael Myers I know is Mike Myers. So who's Michael Myers? <laughs> like you, you mean? Are you talking about like Shrek, Michael Myers? Yes. We're talking about um, Killer Michael Myers. Halloween. 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 Oh, okay, okay. See, I, I, if you can't tell, I'm like not part of popular culture at all. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street because I remember seeing that when mm. I was a little tiny kid. <laughs> Yeah, Terrifying. definitely not. I mean, the Halloween's the best franchise out of that, but is Mike Myers the best? I don't know. He's always, uh, it was that crazy bald doctor uh, that was always the best part of it. So uh, I'll go with uh, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no answer? Not... Donald Pleasance. So what yeah, Donald Pleasance. Right. He was the president in um, Escape from New York. That's, That's right. Cool. That's right. Yes. Uh, Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? Oh, come Judge on. Judge Dredd! Yeah. <laughs> Judge Dredd. I love you'd be, Judge Dredd. You'd be surprised how many people say Judge Judy. A lot of people actually. Yeah, for real. Well, okay, so Judge Judy is pretty great. That's true. But Really? <laughs> <laughs> I love I you guys' don't... dynamic. It's so hilarious. <laughs> um, Teen Titans or the X-Men? Oh, I... I'm going to go with, with X-Men. Yeah, definitely X Men. Honestly, I never got the appeal of Teen Titans. So wow, I like yeah, I all like the sidekicks. Like not accepted and stuff. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I understand the concept. I just, I just don't get the, the the popularity, especially like when they got all weird. Like everyone loves the Perez stuff in that era and the Wolfman, and it's like yeah, that was like DC that... for the for the first five years of the eighties. That would that 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 was that 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 paid all the bills. 
No, it absolutely did. And like I said, yeah, it's just and maybe maybe like if I wasn't so young when it came out, I would have because maybe it was it was a good team book with with, yeah. you know, with probably the characters had problems. It was that and Legion were the only things that could sort of compare yeah. at the like, time he, with the, with the X-Men's, you know, character stuff. Yeah, so I think I just couldn't get into it uh, because it was like I said, I liked X Men and and I I saw Teen Titans as 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 this is me at like nine years old, you know what I mean, or something crazy. Right, so, right. Uh, it's yeah, always a disconnect. Legion's pretty cool though. I never read Legion stuff, which makes which I always say that's that's why you should let somebody who's never read Legion relaunch it because as much you know, all due respect <laughs> to guys like all due respect to guys like Levitz or Wade or all these people who do it, it's like. They're too close to it. As far as this is all I know about the Legion, and I could I could say it right now, and Amy's gonna would sign up for this book tomorrow. They're basically super fans of. They're from the future, the 30th century. They have this nostalgia for 20th century superheroes. Yeah, mid. So they kind of. So they kind of. So they're basically cosplayers who dress up and say, "Let's be superheroes <laughs> like they did back in the olden days." And uh, they're all teenagers. Like that's awesome. You, you get Pat. You, that's me and Amy on that book. We're that's alien. That's and they're start, alien cosplayers at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as you start worrying about continuity in that book, which all the hardcore fans care about, right? Uh, you know, so I, I, I check out. So, all right, we're almost at the end of the brap segment for bonus points: Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, nerds and nerds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uber nerds. <laughs> Um, I'll say Star Trek, even though I haven't really watched a lot of Star Trek. <laughs> Thanks for the free de- de- point. Definitely Star Wars is the right answer. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. If, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh. Well, I mean, flying is pretty great. I mean, I know that that's boring, but flying is pretty great. Don't you think? Or breathing underwater would be pretty kick-ass. Hell yeah. All right, Aquaman, I see you. Especially if you're yeah. afraid of heights, I would go with the... Uh, yeah, you know the hero you want to be is Star Fox, because he could, like, he was super strength, he could fly, he could do it all. Yes! And he could also get people to fall in love with him, so that was, that was like, the, the... He was basically like Superman plus that, which oh, is pretty cool. I cannot believe somebody mentioned Star Fox. As a kid, I loved him, and I didn't even realize how, like rapey or creepy yeah. his powers were yeah. you know yeah, just, yeah you just you just liked his hair yes his look design. and that yeah, red exactly. suit and the white and yeah. you know now I look at it like what was i thinking? superman <laughs> meets pepe le pew <laughs> 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 all right and the last one before we get out of here what character death struck you the worst in any medium tv comics movies well i don't know i would say gertie in the runaways who oh, also had wow. a pet dinosaur? Yes, she did, and oh yeah, that uh, you, that hurts bringing that up. Yeah, that was like hard <laughs> yeah, to believe. Yeah, mm. but that's when that's when uh, you know I I never I've never trust Brian K. Vaughn since then. I still read his stuff, but I'm like that person's gonna die. Brian K. Vaughn is the uh, George R. Martin of comic books. <laughs> like he will kill anyone <laughs> you love at any wow. chance. He killed Ampersand. Oh, that hurts too. Yeah, he well, said you know, that he killed Gertie because people liked her too much. Oh, shit. That's basically, <laughs> that basically oh. the words of like of like a psychopath. Right. It really oh, is. I tell you, I tell you a, a, a good study in all of that is uh, the Exiles book that Winnick did forever uh, at Marvel, where you would like you know it basically became like you know e- either every arc or every other arc he would kill. 
somebody off. And there was this, you know, and, and um, the Wendigo character was there for a long time, and some of them were, and like, well, oh, you killed off this really great character. Why didn't you kill off Wendigo? And and he would say, because nobody, ca- everyone wants her to be the one that gets killed. I'm not, I'm going to wait until people really like her and then are very invested and then kill them off because that will give me the emotional uh, – uh, act that I will need. But as far as my personal choice, it's a bit of a cheat. But, uh, you know, what was I, five years old or something when uh, Empire Strikes Back came out? The fact that Han Solo was in that carbonite and that they didn't rescue him by the end, I thought that was it. Like, there's not going to be any more Han Solo. And I, I remember thinking that for a long time. And whether a long time was like two days or two weeks, I don't remember. But someone said, oh, but in the next movie, I bet they rescue him. And then, like, I was waiting until Return of the Jedi to see if that would happen. Oh, happens. that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Little <No>. baby Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I can't remember if it hit me that hard. But, I, I mean, when, I remember when they were wheeling him down the hallway. And I yeah. was like, damn, that's fucked up. Like, this is... It's yeah, but just like from like yeah, just like the the processing of storytelling when you're that young, I didn't I didn't understand. So they didn't save him. That means it's over. You know, what I, mean? I, 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 had no, I had kind of like no concept that even though they had that like little line at the end that you you know oh, we're gonna go find him, but like that somehow didn't register in my brain. And you don't have YouTube and you don't have even VHS right or anything like that where you can kind of remember. I just remember seeing that in the theater and being like, oh my god, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> All right. Well, you have survived the Brap segment. You survived the Fanbro Show interview. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot of so fun. much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, please let the internets know where to find you at. Oh, uh, well, on Twitter you can find me at Amy Reader, and on Facebook if you do slash Amy Reader Comics, I have a lot of stuff there too. Yeah, and I'm at B Montclair on Twitter. Uh, if you guys are Rocket Girl fans, there's uh, posters and prints and signed books on rocketgirl.nyc that you buy stuff directly from uh, Amy and I. And uh, if you're podcast fans, and obviously everyone listening to it is, uh, me and Amy <laughs> used to do a weekly podcast, Podcorn. Uh, Amy doesn't isn't on every episode anymore, but I'm still doing it, and they host it over on the Comics Beat. But you can always get um, old episodes at podcornpodcast.com. Nice. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you. <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more fan bros. This is Axel Alonso, editor in chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to fan bros. Welcome back, fan bros. I know you enjoyed that amazing, incredible uh, interview with Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair. Like Claremont, except Montclair. Yes, it's like flip it and reverse it. I flip you. I flip you for real. Flip you for real. Yeah, no, most definitely this dope interview. Thank y'all for coming on to the show, you know, and it's about time we get out of here, but... Real quick, before we wrap up, Tatiana, anything you want to talk about? Make sure you support black artists. Make sure you support black filmmakers, writers, creators, uh, just 
everybody. Just just support, man. And 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 not support blindly, but just make sure if you see something that you like that's good, buy the product. If you see something that you like that's good, share the information with other people. Just make sure you boosting up these folks because sometimes you're the only people who are helping to get the word out. Wow. Wow. So just make sure you do it. Oh, I also I, I picked up the Ava DuVernay Barbie, by the way. Oh, you made oh, that get sold your hands out. On yeah, one. wow. That sold out. Yeah, I picked it up on um I got the I, I missed the Mattel joint because right. Mattel did the 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 stuff the stock that they had in hand right now and Amazon did the pre order that you get in January and I got the pre order one. Nice. And how are we with the whole Fan Bros Barbie thing that we were talking to Mattel about? You know, Chico, they're having some issues right now. All right. It has something to do with yours. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you fit the mold of Ken that easily. <laughs> As they say, you might break the mold, but that's you know, right. Hey, you know, whenever somebody breaks the mold, that's a life changing experience. Uh, I do want to say real quick a big shout out to um, Nate Parker. His the first images from his Nat Turner film birth of a nation oh yeah came out this week it's starring him and gabrielle union and he's also directing it and even though i've been you know people are always like yo ben no what up yeah i thought you hated every slave movie you know i'm definitely interested in this one because i like nat turner you know his story was told in a comic book a few years back that's really dope you should pick that up if you get a chance but you know i just want to see how this is done this is you know i'm not a 12 years a slave fan but you know, revolution, all that stuff, and the fact that he's calling it birth of a nation, you know, and going against the um, D.W. Griffiths. Griffiths nonsense, oh, yeah. you know, makes me want to check it out. So we'll see. You can see the images online. Yeah, the the original birth of a nation is based on a book called The Klansman. Yep. Yes, most definitely. I can't wait till that SEO gets effed up. <laughs> Love right? it. Yeah, yeah, that SEO is definitely getting effed all the way up. So shout out to Nate Parker for that. Chico, anything else? Nope. Ha, 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 ha